Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools, fools for, for Christ. Christ. Hello and welcome to Secrets for Happiness, Pope Francis's 10 Tips for Becoming Happy. And he's a pretty happy guy. He is, yeah. So you I look think he has a lot to tell us and teach us. He does, yeah. He's so happy he just gave away a Lamborghini that someone gave him. I know. He's like, I don't need this. I'll give it away. I, did he take a ride in it? I, I didn't see I photos or anything like that. I Something tells me he didn't. Just, you know, yeah. knowing him. He wouldn't know how to drive it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but when uh, uh, Pope... John Paul II got like a Ferrari or something like that, and they took him around and he had a little ride around oh, fun. town before he donated it as well. Yeah, you know? maybe he. I don't know. Maybe he did. I'll have to look it up. I didn't just from the the little article I saw. I didn't. Read. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, something like that just it brings a smile to your face. It like. does. Yeah. No, to see, <laughs> it's always fun. I mean, seeing a Pope in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini would be would be comical. Uh. Well. Um, so he in 2014, he came out with 10 Secrets to Happiness, and then we have our extra 11th secret. Yes. Um, I guess it's extra secret, or it's an extra this secret. an additional secret, <laughs> I'd say. Um, and you have to wait all the way until the end to get to that one, because it's ours. We're tacking it onto his list. <laughs> yeah, somewhat so the... presumptuous that ours is better than his, but... But oh well. Oh, I mean, you it. can go and look his up if you don't want to wait. But you can't look ours up. You have to wait. <laughs> Unless you understand how to skip ahead on a podcast. Well, Never it's mind. kind of a summer, is it? Anyway, we'll, we'll, you'll, yeah. you'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. You'll, then you'll be able to judge whether it's presumptuous of us. Yeah. So first off, his first secret to happiness. Let's hear it. Live and let live. But we don't like that version no we don't because <laughs> it does that sounds a little bit too much like what's good for you or you know what what's moral for you is is okay you know as long as you're yeah. following your own inner compass and i don't think that's what he was saying no um the the roman equivalent actually i think is much better um and it is move forward and let others do the same and it actually it strikes me how similar that is to a quote from saint augustine love God and do what you will. Hmm. And so there's, like, I mean, as I say, move forward, continue to pursue, I have the hiccup, sorry, continue to pursue holiness and the perfection of charity and allow others. I mean, that especially romance languages, the word let also has the connotation of allow. Oh, I didn't um, know that. So allow others to do the same, hmm. um, which I think is really, that, that's key, like not, was not being a hindrance to others mm-hmm. pursuing a life of holiness. Yeah. And it reminds me of the definition of freedom to um, the freedom to do good. Right. Yeah. Having the, not just freedom is not uh, doing whatever you want, but the ability to pursue what is excellent and best for your soul um, and that of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So move forward and let others do the same. Yes. Next. Be giving of yourselves, be, rather, be giving of yourself to others. And he says, people need to be open and generous toward others. 
Because if you withdraw, withdraw into yourself, you run the risk of becoming egocentric, and stagnant water becomes putrid. But Brentus is never shy. Right? Like he doesn't pull punches. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's, he's very clear. He uses good, uh, good imagery. Um, but this is, like, this is a, a central tenet of Christianity. I mean, mm-hmm. our, like our Savior gave Himself entirely to us, and you could probably make a pretty good argument to the degree that you do that is the like your level of holiness, like how mm. willing you are to give of yourself to others. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's related to your happiness as well. That's so happiness and holiness. Yeah. In one. That's one of those. I mean, Jesus said this pretty clearly. Who like, whoever uh, loses his life mm. for for my sake shall save it. Um, and that this great paradox. It is when we turn away from our own needs and desires and look to the needs and desires of others that we find happiness. Mm. Yes. And I don't want to be putrid water. Me neither. That sounds unpleasant. It sounds like it smells. It does, yeah. I can almost smell put- like bad smelling water. Yeah. Saying that, like putrid water. It's got kind of a gross color to it. It does, yeah. And it's got mosquito larvae. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that made it like 10 times worse, Dan. Thanks. Yeah. That I want living water. I do too. <laughs> so. No mosquito eggs in that. <laughs> um. Next up, we have uh, proceed calmly in life. Um, and he used an image from an Argentine novel. Uh, So he says in his youth, he was a stream full of rocks that he carried with him as an adult, a rushing river. And in old age, he was still moving, but slowly like a pool of water. And he liked the idea of the pool of water um, because of the calmness in life and moving forward and, generousness and humility generosity not generousness yeah <laughs> i knew what you meant <laughs> i think everybody else did too and humility and um uh just that calm spirit this actually so this reminds me of a quote that i read when i was a teenager mm-hmm. i had this really cool book on the way of the samurai oh. which was i mean it's a, like a uh, an older probably it's fair to say classic book um, from Japan. Wait, and hold on, Dan. Are you telling me right now that you're a samurai? No, I never made it. Uh, <laughs> but I was into it. I was definitely into it. So this is from the book, The Hagakure, A Code to the Way of Samurai Life. And the the originator of this quote is Tsunetomo Yamamoto. So he said, There's something to be learned from a rainstorm. When meeting with a sudden shower, you try not to get wet and run quickly along the road. But doing such things as passing under the eaves of houses, you still get wet. When you are resolved from the beginning, you will not be perplexed, though you will still get the same soaking. This understanding extends to everything. So while it's not exactly the same as that little story from from Pope Francis, I think both issue a reminder to to not rush about because you, one, you kind of stress yourself out and mm-hmm. you lose important things in the details. I mean, just thinking about like human interactions, when you are hasty, you might not recognize, uh, for instance, like the look on someone's face mm-hmm. or their, their own emotional needs, what they really need mm-hmm. at a certain time. And while sometimes we, we think there's this great need to rush and to get things done, haste makes waste and you might not uh, produce the same results as if you took your time. 
Measure mm-hmm. twice, cut once. Yes. Oh, that's important in <laughs> shop class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, next, number four, he says, uh, a secret of happiness is a healthy sense of leisure. So the pleasures of art, literature, and playing together with children have been lost. And consumerism has only brought us anxiety. It's interesting. We have a, even when we relax, we have a consumerist mentality in that our our free time is spent buying things often to help us relax. So like, Mm -hmm. I, I, I like movies. I have nothing against movies, but we pay money to like sit down and have someone entertain us. When as a child, we were perfectly capable of doing that ourselves, um, And it's, it's as if we've forgotten the joy and the simplicity of having time to do whatever we want and allowing our imaginations to run wild. Mm. And I, I think that in a, in a similar way, not, we don't just consume entertainment, but we consume things um, trying to, to fill like this, this hole um, that ultimately we're going to fill in prayer and yeah. we'll find much greater satisfaction in, in being creative mm-hmm. and finding, finding ways to be with people. Um, but instead, I think we're afraid of boredom. And so we, we f- try to fight boredom and silence that, that little w- kind of weird state of boredom mm-hmm. with stuff. Uh, and I think that, uh, Pope Francis, or, or maybe it was you called that the hollowness of consumerism. Yeah. Well, because you fill, you fill yourself with the stuff that's not ultimately going to satisfy you. Right. It's going to, it's passing. I mean, I don't, have you ever had the experience on after Christmas, after like opening Christmas gifts and everything and being so excited, you got all the toys you wanted and everything was just what you wanted. And then there's like this hollowness that follows. Yeah. Because it's ultimately those things that you wanted so much aren't what satisfies you yeah like i think christmas day boredom is it like that should be a term i'm pretty <laughs> sure a lot of the, you know, you, you take all your stuff into your bedroom and you spread out all your toys and your books and whatnot and you're like okay what do i do now <laughs> well you like enjoy the stuff you got yeah uh, you know read a book or play with your your family or, or mm-hmm. something um but it it is it's very telling that people can be bored on christmas or bored on their birthday but i think on my birthday it's particularly clear to me because we have this great big buildup as if you're the most important person in the world. Um, and then you quickly realize, like, you get all these gifts and people sing to you. And you're like, oh, that's it? Like, what? how come I don't feel better? Um, <laughs> and it's because the point is not to be pampered and, and to have everything you want. But, um, I mean, this goes back to give of yourself. Um, it is in uh, losing our lives that we find it mm-hmm. and save it. Amen. Um, and talking about leisure... Um, going back a little bit, um, one of the things I struggle with with leisure is I bring my consumerist mentality into my leisure, mm-hmm. into like I need to hurry up and consume all my leisure time, yeah, yeah. and like hurry, enjoy this time, <laughs> yeah. like make the most of it. Come on, this is you, this is the time that you can do what you want to do because you got to go back to work. Yeah, um, and instead of like allowing myself to have a fulfilling uh, time of leisure of, of really doing things that bring me that satisfaction. Yeah. And a refreshing, relaxing time of leisure. Yes. Like people, I think it's a, some people joke about Americans that we take our vacations so seriously that it's like work. <laughs> uh, 
we work very hard to make sure we have a good vacation. Yeah. And sometimes people come back from vacations exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if that's the, if we're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. So our next key or tip to happiness is Sundays should be holidays. Uh, and particularly workers should have Sundays off for family, for rest, really for leisure, for for doing those things that restore us. Uh, kind of harkening back to our last episode, there are some things we do for their own sake. And those mm-hmm. are the, the things that really fu- fulfill us. Mm-hmm. Um, work is not really one of them. I mean, you might have a very meaningful job. Like you and I both do. Yeah, we do. Um, but that we... It becomes more meaningful when we recognize that the work is not the end-all, be-all. Yes. The work itself is not the end-all, be-all. Right, yeah. That there's something more than the work. Yeah. You know, I, I think right now we should come up with like a very practical way. So it's like something that we can do, we can put into practice to make Sunday a holiday. Um, hmm. okay. Or Sunday like a day of leisure. It's almost like a, a, a goal to accomplish, a rule to follow. Um Hmm. Um, it could be taking time to study scripture. Yeah. Um, to pray as a family and mm. reflect if you to pray as a family, maybe to pray for your family. Or make it a day to call your family. Yeah. Um, I would, so one thing I think I'll, I'll try this. I will make our meal, our big meal of the day, whether it's lunch or dinner, I'll make it a little bit more special. So maybe I'll set, I'm going to do that, all right, I will either set the table a little nicer, or I will, I'll just prepare something special in the meal. Because, I mean, it's also, it's it's the day we remember the resurrection. Yeah. It should be celebrated. Yeah, I'm going to have to think more on that. Uh, Next... He said, number six, find innovative ways to create dignified jobs for young people. Uh, We need to be creative with this. If they have no opportunities, they will get into drugs and be more vulnerable to suicide. This this is a very interesting one. Like, this seems to, he he kind of pulled this out of of thin air. It comes out of left field, and you're like, well, how is it a tip for my happiness to create (laughs) jobs for young people? Um, But it's almost, I mean, he's reminding us. Like we're just we don't just have concern for our own happiness, but for societal happiness and the mm-hmm. common good. And if there's nothing to uh, to inspire the growing workforce and people who are coming out of school to to do well, to exceed, to excel, and to pursue excellence, like what reason is there? What motivation? Won't they just you know kind of stagnate and mm-hmm. not really care? Um, and it's also if you think about it, this is an invitation to have a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, how can we create really cool jobs for young people? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is like, I, f- I feel like friends should sit down and have brainstorming sessions <laughs> over dinner and come up with ways to, like, let's create one thing that could give young people 10 cool new jobs. Um, so, actually, one thing, like, I've, I've thought about this a lot recently. I want to start. Um, or I'd be interested in starting, I don't have any plans to right now, something called the Catholic <laughs> Worker, which is a, um, basically it's a, a self-sustaining farm where people oh, yeah. who are unemployed can come and live and work 
and by working they produce their own bread mm -hmm. um, so they produce bread by the sweat of their brow and well, like the farming itself might not be interesting to young people, the rest of the business aspect could be because it, mm -hmm. it requires a lot of creative problem solving. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, I can see a lot of engineers and um, business, finance. Yeah. Iceland, kind of in a, in a similar vein, uh, I read recently, I didn't read a lot, but I read briefly that Iceland has reversed a, a problem they had with young people abusing drugs and alcohol significantly. I think they had the highest rate wow. of drug and alcohol abuse in Europe. And um, now they have the lowest. So they did a complete flip. That's amazing. And they provided opportunities for young people to do good things. Mm. Um, and uh, the article actually pointed to the success of uh, Icelandic athletes and Icelandic musicians um, at... Uh, so, I mean, like two people that come to mind right now, or a couple of people that come to mind right now, in the recent Euro Cup, Iceland well outperformed their expectations. Wow. They beat Great Britain. Um, the band of Monsters and Men is from Iceland. Oh, and I didn't realize that. World's Strongest Man and Game of Thrones actor, The Mountain. Um, caveat, I don't watch Game of Thrones, and I probably don't think many people should because I've heard it's excessively and explicitly sexual. Uh, but anyway, he was a professional basketball player before he became world's strongest man. So hmm. um, I guess they were successful because they provided outlets for young people to pursue artistic and athletic interests. So similar along the same lines as creating good jobs. Yeah, and uh, like just on the last one when we said, um, or maybe it was just a couple um, points ago, when we were talking about our jobs aren't the end-all be-all. Yeah. We also have to recognize how important like how draining it is to be in a, a job that is going nowhere. Yes. And that has no happiness for you and is just increasingly difficult and miserable. Mm -hmm. um, I think we've all had the experience of working with people that are difficult to work with. Um, and that that's a huge thing. But in addition to that... Um, when the actual work itself is almost degrading or something like that. Right. I mean, that's that's a miserable place to be in and way to live. Yeah, like if, you're, if your company, if your employer doesn't treat you the way you should be treated, if you're, let's say you're working in, in a service industry and you're not treated by the people you interact with, it can be really, really hard. Some mm -hmm. people are forced to, to work in those conditions because they don't have many other options. Mm -hmm. um, so we should, yeah, I like Pope Francis's challenge there, create different and better jobs. Yes, yeah, yes. Um, all right, our next tip, respect and take care of nature. Um, and that taking care of the environment is one of the biggest challenges we have, Pope Francis says. And I, I so I'm quoting him here, I think a question that we're not asking ourselves is, isn't humanity committing suicide with this indiscriminate and tyrannical use of nature? And I definitely see that. Like, mm -hmm. maybe not, it couldn't, it might not be for me because it might not be in my generation. But are we doing it for someone else? And almost the, I know this is a somewhat famous quote that um, we are robbing our future generations by taking from the environment um, what belongs to them. Mm. Um, and 
So I came across an article recently uh, that was, was from research to my dissertation that exposure to nature has a, a positive effect on students who are living in poverty. And that normally you expect poverty to have a detrimental effect on academic success. But exposure to nature helps eliminate some of those negative effects of poverty. Wow. Yeah. Because um, you see less of an impact of poverty on rural children mm. than urban children because they have the opportunity to get out and be in the world a little bit more. Mm. Interesting. So I'd imagine that would work for everybody, not just children studying. So basically now what I hear you saying is that everyone should come out to San Pedro. They should, And yeah. come out to the beautiful nature that we have here in our on our 200 acres of land should come canoe or kayak or or what like participate in a nature walk on our closer walk trail pray in the labyrinth yep by the way can i so i have a request yeah i would like a hedge maze prayer labyrinth do you think you could you could work on that a hedge maze yes prayer labyrinth yeah like the labyrinth that's here now is cool looking Mm -hmm. but you can't really get lost in it (laughs) <laughs> so you would like to get lost in the labyrinth. That will encourage prayer. Actually, that is very uh, uh, Jasani of you, <laughs> the <laughs> great theologian. Uh, he, he says that his whole argument for the existence of God is a story of his youth getting lost in the woods and um, calling out for help. And that he screamed for help for hours upon hours before he was found. And he realizes later that the very act of calling out was proof that he believed that someone would hear him. And so the very act of calling out, of um, of crying out, is proof that God exists. So, yeah, getting lost. Yeah, so you can teach more people that God exists if you build a hedge maze. Well, Dan, I will take that to prayer and discernment. Okay. And... Uh, Take it under consideration. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm All not right. hopeful, but <laughs> I shouldn't say that, especially taking the next point into consideration. The next point, number eight, is stop being negative. Uh, needing to talk badly about others indicates low self-esteem. That means I feel so low that instead of picking myself up, I have to cut others down. He said, letting go of negative things quickly is healthy. I think everybody agrees with him on this. We just, we have a hard time changing yeah. our habits. We like to talk negatively about things. We like to gripe and yeah. complain. Mm-hmm. But afterward, we don't. You know, like we, it's, it's one of the, it's kind of like eating junk food. You're like, this is going to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, mm-hmm. no, I was wrong. That was a bad decision. I, I did not want an entire bag of Cheetos. <laughs> And Mountain Dew. Not a good choice. Um, so I actually, I've had some great luck in life by setting daily goals to be positive. Hmm. Um, because it it's one of those things that when you start on one path, it's mm-hmm. very easy to continue down it. And so if I start easily, or if I start early in the day, being positive, uplifting, like whatnot, it's easy to continue. And it's a self-perpetuating thing mm-hmm. of... Um, I, I personally have a tendency to continue to be positive if I say positive things. Yeah. Um, and if I do, like if I smile, um, it's just easier. Like 
it's easy to be happy if you are willing to try. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it, it's a draining and takes a lot more work to be negative. But it, like you said, we kind of like to be. You know, we, f- we feel like that's going to make us feel better and mm-hmm. justified in pointing out what's wrong with the world or with our coworkers or our wife or our friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, to me, that, that promise never uh, lasts. It never fulfills. It's, yeah. a, it's a trap. Yeah. It's true. So this next one is, it definitely needs to be nuanced a little bit, but Pope Francis says, don't proselytize. And to go on, we can inspire others through witness so that one grows together in communicating. But the worst thing of all is religious proselytism, which paralyzes. I am talking with you in order to persuade you. That's what Pope Francis is saying proselytism is, just trying to persuade the other almost for the sake of winning an argument um, it's like so I'm definitely guilty of this um, and I, especially when I was younger when I would speak to people about the faith I really just wanted to, to be right because I liked winning so much and so it was almost <laughs> it was evangelization for the sake of winning mm. and not sharing the beauty of the faith mm. um, and I think I'm only now just starting to become much better at that yeah yeah and the other aspect of this, what I hear him saying is don't bring an agenda into the conversation. Yeah. Like don't enter into that relationship uh, with another human being thinking the end goal, like at meeting someone who's not um, Catholic, but is a Christian or something, a, a Protestant. So um, coming into that relationship and saying, by the end of the week, I'm going to bring you to the Eucharist. Yeah. And you're going to have a powerful experience. And um, and then approaching that person as if that is the whole point of having that relationship. Yeah. And then not, like, failing to see them as a, as a person. Like, the you put that goal of evangelization before caring for them as, as a person. Well, I mean, like, in sharing the gospel is caring for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the only way you care for them. Uh, and we need to first recognize the person. Yeah. And love the person. And remember that it, it's the Lord who changes hearts and not us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one who's going who's gonna to convert them. And they're only going to have an experience with the Lord if he wants that to happen at that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Merton said that the beginning of love is to let those you love be perfectly themselves. Otherwise, you only love... The version of yourself you find in them. Oh, that's that goes. (laughs) Man, I'm I am bad at that. I'm very bad at that. Uh, I think especially in in marriage and family, Um, you know, you that will be a challenge. I think raising my daughter because I will, you know, I have this idea, even without trying to, of of what I want her to be like, Mm -hmm. and there will be, I think, a constant tension recognizing that. Uh, the Lord has a plan for her and I need to facilitate that happening rather than mm. facilitating my plan. Mm. Yeah. That's um, like Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. But the Lord provides. <laughs> Way to be positive, Dan. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> Thank you for affirming me. Um, so, number 10. Work for peace. We are living in a time of many wars, Pope Francis said, and the call for peace must be shouted. 
Peace sometimes gives the impression of being quiet, but it is never quiet. Peace is always proactive and dynamic. And this is this is a hard one. It is. And it like it on the one hand everybody wants to be peaceful. I think they most people would want to be known as a peaceful person, as a yeah. peacemaker. Um but he has some challenging words for me at least. I mean the words the call for peace must be shouted and peace is proactive and dynamic. That means I can't be lazy. Like I have to do things mm-hmm. to promote peace. And if if I'm honest with myself, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yet Jesus said, "Blessed are the peacemakers." Mm-hmm. It's a tough message. Yeah. The I think one is because it especially in our country, it's difficult to I mean, well, let's talk about kind of big picture stuff, wars. Yeah. Um for me, it seems difficult to want to promote peace without seeming like I'm disrespecting men and women who serve in the military. Um, but yeah. I think it may be an easy way to, to go around that is to work for justice. Because uh, I think if people's needs are met, they will, they're not going to reach out and react in violence. Yes. Amen. Um, and our last thing is basically a summary of all the others. Yeah. Now that you have all these secrets to happiness, um, when you're making the next decision about what to do, ask yourself, what's the next best thing I could do? What's the next step to becoming a whole, happy, healthy, holy human being? Yeah. Um, and using these, these ten secrets of happiness as a guide, that can be your way of making that effective in your life. What's the next best thing you could do? I like that. So I think the, especially for me, next best thing I can do, I think, is find a way to work for peace. (laughs) Uh, Next best thing for me will be to get myself home and get some chores done in my house. Actually, yeah, I need to do that. I need to go home, say goodnight to my little girl. That'll be the next best thing. Mm. Well, thank you for joining us. Have a great evening, everybody. And when we come back, it will be a new liturgical year. That's exciting. We'll talk to you next week. All right, bye.